This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta injury lawyers. Go to jameshbrown.com. Okay, good to have you tuning in tonight, man. That was fun to talk to Todd Woodcroft. He's the assistant coach with Sweden at the World Juniors. They knocked off Austria 6-0 today. Uh, You heard him talking about that game, said it was uh, probably closer than the 6-0 score indicated. Latvia and Slovakia are 2-2, and now they're in a shootout. Just the two games today. Tomorrow at noon at Rogers Place, uh, it'll be the United States and Austria. Canada plays Czechia at four and Sweden plays Germany at eight. So that's what's on the docket tomorrow. Of course, CFL in town tomorrow night, Brickfield at Commonwealth Stadium, eight o'clock game between the Elks and a team from Saskatchewan. I heard they're quite popular. I'll have to investigate that. Our coverage will start with the countdown to kickoff at 6.30. Brendan Escott hosting that, Morley, Dave, Blake, all part of our coverage. CFL tonight, six and a half minutes left in the third quarter. It is Hamilton leading Toronto 14-11. If history this season, or the, the history we've seen this season repeats itself, Hamilton will be fine and probably have the lead at halftime, and then Toronto will take the game over in the second half. The Tiger Cats have been, uh, well, I, I hate to sound a little rude here, but I think it fits in this case. They have been putrid in the second half of games. How about that game last night? In overtime, Montreal over Winnipeg, 2017. Winnipeg misses a field goal right at the end of the fourth quarter, would have won it, and then the field goal that would have tied it and prolonged overtime goes off the upright, and uh, Montreal gets the uh, gets the win as the Blue Bombers lose for the first time this season. Baseball tonight, it is the Blue Jays having a rough one. In the sixth inning, they trailed the Cleveland Guardians 8 nothing. Want to talk a little bit more here about the Canadian Football League. Before I bring in my guest, I want to play a, a clip here uh, from earlier this week. Chad Okosinko, or Chad Johnson, as he was known for part of his playing career. Remember, he had that uh, stint in the CFL in 2014-2015, and he was uh, commenting on the uh, level of play that he saw. There's only 1,500 players in the NFL, right? So I go to the CFL and thinking, okay, this is going to be a breeze. This is going to be a breeze. I get there. First practice, I'm like, whoa, these dudes are good. And so every week we would play a different team, Toronto, Saskatchewan. And I'm looking at the landscape, like, why are you not down there? The numbers. The numbers. There's only so many people and certain opportunities. And, you know, dude, the CFL was really very surprising because everybody was good. They were good enough to be down here playing in the NFL. Well, one guy who was really good in his CFL career, so good he went into the Canadian Football Hall of Fame in 2021. You knew him mostly as a Calgary Stampede, also played for the Alouettes, and he's appeared on Inside Sports several times over the years. Former receiver Nick Lewis checking in. Nick, you're on with Reed. Good to talk to you again. I'm going to dive right in. Your reaction to what Chad Okosinko was saying there. I mean, it's so true. You hear from so many people. I mean, 
from Ricky Williams coming up, having 323 yards rushing in 10 games, going back to the NFL and putting up 1,600 the, the first year back, to Andre Risen coming up here and doing what he does, Chad coming up and getting 191 yards. I mean, it's definitely, you know, one, it's a different game. Two, I hang out with a lot of NFL guys, and I get a lot of respect for what I do. And a lot of CFL players get respect for playing in the CFL. It seems to only be the CFL fans that believe American players only come here because they don't think they can play in the NFL. And that is not true. I had 12 NFL teams off me contracts in 2000, going into 2006, my third year, and I turned them down to stay in the CFL. So um, D-Roy's done it. I'm pretty sure Milt's done it and others. So um, it is a different game. There's players, that, there's players in the NFL that can't come to Canada and play in Canada in the Canadian game because it doesn't fit their skill set. But there are players that can play in both. So when you say that maybe sometimes a skill set in one league doesn't translate to the other, are we talking, because look, if you play pro football, you're fast and you're probably pretty big and you're probably pretty tough. Is it like, is it just a certain type of speed or a certain type of physicality that sometimes works better in one league or the other? No, it, it, it's not about speed. Um, the CFL game is actually probably a little bit faster than the NFL game overall because every, everybody plays a size down. When you look at when, when I played with Stamps, we had Deron Mayo that ran a 4-2-9 playing Will Linebacker. I don't think there's an NFL linebacker, maybe Micah Parsons, that's 4-3, low 4-4, but to actually run a 4-2-9 and play that position, in the NFL he would be a safety. So maybe he doesn't have the cover skills to play safety in the NFL, but he's a great tackler. He can guard running backs out of the backfield. He can do all these things, but maybe he's a little undersized. It'd be a little hard when you look at Willie Jefferson. He can pass rush against any tackle there is on planet Earth. But when you're running downhill in an inside zone game in the NFL with a smaller field, he's a little light in the ass. So he's going to get pushed out of the way when it comes to running the ball. So there's multiple things within the game of understanding what makes it hard for certain people to play there for long term has nothing to do with skill set. It just has to do with the dynamics of the game. Yeah, I like how you describe that. I mean, and you've been out there, so you understand the nuance and and uh, all the little intricate details about uh, player skills and why somebody's good at a certain position. I, I like how you explain that. It's, it's a good transition. Reed, Reed, Reed yeah. I, I want one question for you. Who do you think is a better athlete, me or Wes Walker? Jeez, I've never thought about that. I, I, I assume you want me to say you. I know you're a pretty darn good athlete. No, I'm just, a... I'm just asking you. I'm just asking. Like, like just, if you just look at us play, who do you think the better athlete is? Well, I, I, would, say, I, would, say, I would say you, all-round athleticism. And, and that's the whole thing. It's like it's not about skill set or athletic ability. You know, Wes did a great job of what he did in his career mismatches against linebackers and safeties. I was a little different receiver. I was shifty early in my career. Wes was a little bit faster than I was, but I had a 43-inch vertical coming out of college. I was. I feel like I was way more athletic than Wes. But at the same time, that's where you have to start to go in and when you start comparing guys like, yeah, there are some guys here in the CFL that are way more athletic than some of the NFL guys. 
but it's a difference. And there's and there maybe it's a body type, maybe it's something else that doesn't line up for them to play long term in either one of the leagues. Right. Okay, so then let, let's transition to one of the st- big stories, maybe the story in the CFL this season. Canadian quarterback Nathan Rourke, he's been so successful, there's already some discussion, well, of course the CFL won't be able to keep him. He'll go play in the NFL, make more money, even if he's the backup, all that kind of stuff. Does does he does he possibly translate to the National Football League? Is Nathan Rourke going to leave us, or is, or is he going to be a lion lighting up defenses for years in this league so you're talking about baby brady right is that what you're calling him baby brady baby brady (laughs) look listen nathan roy his i feel like he struggles in some games um early he just made a lot of big plays but he's still learning this game he's got such a quick release and he has one of the most dynamic receiving cores i mean dominic grimes is doing amazing and just to to get Burnham back, who I believe is the best receiver in the league, is amazing. So Nathan Rourke is the sky's the limit. You know he's going to have to make those choices at some point, and we'll see what choices he makes. But if he chooses to stick around the CFL, he might be the first million dollar man, or not the first, but maybe the second after Rocket Ismail. But right. understanding his skill set and the way he releases the ball. Now, his height will give him issues in the NFL because linemen are a little bit bigger. Your tackles are you're on 6'6", six, 6'7". Six, six, so being in the pocket, being able to navigate the pocket, doing those things on a smaller field, not having the same amount of time, those things will be an issue. But he has the release and the arm strength to play there. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, yeah. He's had uh, well. He's he's had a few amazing games. Both of the games against the Edmonton Elks, he uh, he really lit up that defense for sure. Nick Lewis joining us tonight at Inside Sports. Uh, I was talking about last night's game. Winnipeg finally lost. It came down to a couple of missed kicks late in the fourth quarter and in overtime. That was an issue the Bombers had last year as well was was place kicking, and that's why they brought in Sergio Castillo, who now plays here in uh, in Edmonton. Okay, Nick, I, I want to ask you. You played a lot of games. You played with a lot of good kickers because usually good teams have good kickers. Uh, but sometimes maybe there's a drive late in the first half, late in the second half. You guys move the ball, and, and the kicker pooches it. Like, is that is that a problem? Do, like, do offensive players get upset at the kicker, or do you just say, well, most of the time he does his job, we got, we got to slough it off? I'm just wondering, like, take us into the locker room, into the players' heads when makeable kicks are missed. Kickers are like golfers. They play on confidence, right? So anytime a kicker misses a field goal, your only job is to build him back up so that he'll make the next one, right? And in the locker room, you understand the dynamic that they have one job, and you see them work during the week. Now, I've had kickers, and I've I've talked about this pretty openly, uh, kickers that don't take their job seriously, and then they go out and miss. That's a little different. But kickers that dedicate themselves to kicking 
they're consistently making them in practice, they're working on techniques, they're working on stretching on the sidelines, different things to make sure their body's in tune and they're mentally right and ready to play games because they don't get very many opportunities, but the ones they get are very important. But they're like golfers, you know, hitting a good shot, next one you want to hit a good shot. So as a teammate, you want to make sure that you're doing everything you can to make sure that they're confident enough to play at that level. And sometimes it's just that that allows them to go out and make a high volume of kicks. I, I'm surprised that you played with guys who didn't take the craft seriously. Like, how do you even make it to pro if you're not that serious about the job? You have strong legs. <laughs> so you right? just keep getting a chance. You get a chance. It's just like speed in, in pro sports. You'll see a lot of speed receivers and speed guys that go out there and they drop deep balls, they drop passes, they do things, but they have speed. And there's always a coach willing to say that I could take this speed guy and make him better. Right, because you can't teach speed and you can't teach size. So coaches are naive enough to think, you give me someone with great size or someone with great speed, and I can make them better. So you're always going to have opportunity. Right, like the baseball pitcher. Like the baseball pitcher with no accuracy, but if he can throw 105, they'll try to teach him accuracy, sort of like that. 100%. Yeah. And that's and that's really it, right? So when you when you look at it, the kick the kickers with strong legs. They can come in, they kick it with strong leg, and it's like, well, I can work with that kicker to make him more accurate, right? And sometimes it never works. And sometimes, and, and some people have natural talent to be a pro, but that's what separates the, a lot of pro players from short careers to, to long careers and potentially all-stars in Hall of Fame. Would, when you played, let's say you started a drive late in the first half or late in the game when you're tied or trailing would you would the would the coach or the quarterback say okay we need to get it to their 40 and, and then we kick like would you guys actually vocalize a yard line that you had in mind to get the ball to not even that we'd vocalize the side of the field we need to get the ball to so before the game the kick has gone kick and and you understand where the kicker wants to kick what hash he wants to kick off of so that goes into the play call for the final one to two plays to get you in position. But you also want to be on a certain hash so the kicker feels confident in making the kick. So it goes a little bit further than just understanding the hash, uh, understanding the yard line, right? So, yeah, it, we, we, we predicate everything to kickers. Like, if you see at the end of a game where a quarterback sneak behind the line of scrimmage will run to a certain hash, that's all designed to get the kicker on the hash he feels best on to make that kick. They're not wasting time. They're just trying to get in position for the kicker to kick from where he's most comfortable kicking. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Nick, I'll throw one more. And thanks for coming on. I, I, I always love our, our, our chats. I'm, I'm thinking of even more things I'd like to ask as we're going along here. But I'll, I'll leave it to one on our local team. The Elks are 2-6. and six. They've played five close games. They've won two out of the five. Okay, maybe they, they weren't quite, uh, they didn't quite make the, the two or three key plays needed in this game. They've been bombed three times, twice by BC and one by Calgary. Uh, what do you see from the Elks? Is, is like, you know, fans want to know there's at least reason to optimism, optimism and hang in there and watch the rest of the games this season. And who knows, maybe even they can put together a little fun run. Uh, how close are the Elks in your mind? What are you seeing? I'll tell you this, when, when you're a new coach or GM and you come into a situation, you have a, you have a goal. It's usually a three-year goal. 
in, in the first year, you just want to go and be competitive, which they've done in most games this year. I, I totally believe in Chris Jones, his ability to coach defense. Chris is always going to lean on some younger guys, and then he brings in a mix of veterans like a Manny Arsenault that can come in the locker room, create a presence, help the people around him, right? He creates a presence with the people he has in the locker room. You brought in Ed Ganey who can not just have to play at that level anymore all the time, but his impact on the other DBs is, is felt. It doesn't instantly just translate over like that, right? You have ready-made teams that's already successful. The only reason they made a coaching change is because you needed a coaching change, right? So understand that you have to go through those dark days, and there's going to be days when you learn a new system that you're not firing. You know, they're still trying to find their quarterback. They've had some injuries there. You're still trying to find out what type of team you are because there's so many different parts coming together. So you're trying to figure out what type of team you are. You've got some athletes in Kyle Oxley and, and, and Darrell Walker and, and Kay Lawler and, you know, uh, Wilder got hurt the first game. So the understanding that you have some good pieces, now you just have to be patient for it to really gel. And the way you can tell that is you break the seasons up into thirds. Were we better in the second third than we were in the first third? Now, the last third of the season – we need to show that we can be a playoff team next year. And that's the only thing you look for in the first year of that coaching change. Because now you're saying we are now positioned, we've got a new core group of guys that are younger, and we have a great head coach and general manager that's always going to keep one of the most talented teams in the league. Just got to get them to play together. Nick, I always enjoy our chats. I hope life is treating you well. I really appreciate you hopping on tonight. Uh, enjoy watching the Elks tomorrow night. Uh, uh, love your insight as always. Take care, man. We'll do this again soon. Appreciate it. And I just want to shout out, if you ever come to Calgary, go to the porch. It's Devon Claybrooks. He's one of the owners at the restaurant down here right now hanging out. So if you're in Calgary, go to the porch. Okay, right on. Appreciate the tip, Nick. That's a good one for sure. Nick Lewis, a Canadian Football Hall of Famer and, uh, well, great athlete, as he reminded us, and the CFL's all-time leader in receptions with 1,030. Re I really enjoyed him chatting about uh, CFL and NFL players and what he sees from Nathan Rourke, and you heard him saying it with the Elks, and we kind of got that message from Assistant, G Roy, uh, Assistant General Manager G. Roy Simon earlier in the week, uh, part of a process trying to build for the future, and uh, might be some pain here in year one of Chris Jones's second tenure with the Green and Gold. We'll call a quick timeout. It's Inside Sports on Chet. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chet. That is the name of the program, man with a mysterious voice. It is 14-14 Toronto and Hamilton late in the first half in Friday Night Football tonight in the CFL. That was a cool first hour of the show. Nick Lewis was on the show. Todd Woodcroft from Team Sweden at the World Juniors. He's the assistant coach. He's Jay's brother, who is the head coach of uh, your Edmonton Oilers. So we're off and running with that. Elks and Riders tomorrow, 6.30 for the countdown to kickoff. Game at 8 right here on 6.30. Jed Dave Campbell will uh, offer a preview after the 7 o'clock news. Uh, man, oh man, what a, I'm having such a great day. I always love doing the show, love talking to you. Hopefully most of you are in a good mood. It's nice out. It's summer. You can... 
do whatever you want this week. Well, not whatever you want, but there's stuff to do. Fringes on. I'm, I'm going to the fringe tomorrow. I'm going to the fringe Sunday. I got a volunteer shift. It's just, I just feel joy tonight. And I want to talk more about the Gary Drager Golf Classic later on for 630 Chad Santa's Anonymous. It was an awesome day at the links. Dave Campbell, when we get back.